Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. I'd like now to turn to our first scripture reading, which comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. This is when Jesus is presented in the temple. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture today comes from Luke and is a continuation of the first scripture. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband 70 years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I feel like everyone is saying and feeling and thinking, my word, this year has been rough. I cannot wait for 2020 to be over. And I agree. We started the year with wildfires in Australia, and throughout it we had murder hornets, an explosion in Beirut, the deaths of Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not to mention COVID-19, which caused the death of over 300,000 other Americans and over 1.5 million people across the globe. We had a stock market crash, a national recession, an inability to see loved ones, and much, much more. 
And this is all on a national and global scale. This doesn't even take into account anything personal that might have happened to us throughout the year. Maybe you lost a loved one or had to put down a pet. Maybe your house got damaged from a tree or a water leak. Maybe you contracted COVID and you still can't smell or taste quite right. This year has been rough. I know that for me personally, it has been a very tough year. Starting on the night of my 36th birthday, health issues reared their ugly heads. At first, it was just normal, I'm getting old kind of stuff. I had heartburn for three consecutive days. Not fun. Then I started to experience loss of breath when I was going about my normal daily walk. I contacted my doctor and went through a bunch of tests, x-rays, CT scans, try this inhaler, take this pill, and so on. None of those things worked, and throughout the following months, my health kept getting worse. I couldn't walk more than a few hundred yards before needing to stop. I couldn't make it up the stairs without breathing heavily. And this all came to a head one night when Ellen was out. I was home alone and I went up the stairs in my house to get something. It's something I've done a thousand times. But this time I got very out of breath. I sat down on the bed and I started to get dizzy. And then the next thing I remember, I woke up, laying on the bed covered in cold sweat. I had passed out. I told Ellen this when she got home and she finally convinced me to go to the hospital the next day. They ran a bunch of tests and found out that I had blood clots in my lungs and the right side of my heart was essentially in failure. I was admitted into a room for the foreseeable future. I had blood drawn every four hours. I was put on an IV of blood thinners and I was put on the heart-healthy hospital food diet, which, if I'm honest, was the worst part of this whole thing. Ellen wasn't allowed to be with me for the first two days because they were running COVID tests to make sure that I wasn't infected. I was in the hospital for six days and five nights. I could write a whole hour-long sermon about everything that happened while I was in the hospital, but I will, sh I will spare you people from that. I will simply say that it was terrible and I wanted to go home the entire time. Throughout my stay, somehow I lost my voice as well. As you can hear, it is basically 100% back, which is wonderful and I'm very thankful for. I am still on blood thinners and still have follow-ups with my cardiologist and my hematologist in January. These are two things that I didn't even have or need a mere month ago. Why do I tell you all of this? Is it to gain sympathy from you? No. Is it because I like attention and you all might give me more attention if I tell you this whole story? Also no, although I do like attention. It is because, like many pastors and teachers, I view things through a different kind of lens. I see things in terms of sermons, lessons, teachable moments, and this whole experience was no different. When something like this happens, when darkness comes knocking on your door, a couple of things can happen. 
First, you can suddenly realize how blessed you used to be. In late June, when all of this started, I suddenly realized how much I appreciated being able to do everyday activities. Go on walks, go upstairs, walk to the lake from the cabin that I rented with my wife, play basketball, stand up without feeling woozy. When I was in the hospital, I realized how much I appreciated being able to be home, be able to go to work, be able to go shopping or go out to eat or go anywhere. When I had no voice, I realized how much I appreciated being able to speak, give sermons, do liturgy, talk on Zoom, speak at different volumes, and most of all, sing. These weren't things that I forgot about. In fact, these were things that I did almost daily. They were just things that were always there, things I took for granted that they would always be there. I would always be able to just head upstairs if I forgot something. I would always be able to just run to the store if I needed something. I would always be able to sing with the radio or randomly to my wife when we're just sitting at home. But suddenly, these things were gone. Never again, I thought, would I take these things for granted. As soon as I can walk farther again, I will walk every day. As soon as I can leave this hospital, I will go everywhere that I can possibly go all of the time. As soon as I can sing again, I will never stop singing. When we're in moments of deep despair and loss, when we realize what's been taken from us, we vow to never take those things for granted again. It's all that we can focus on. We become fixated on the things that we can no longer do. When I could start walking again, I did. Almost daily, I would head out for a morning walk. At first, I had to work myself up to where I used to be able to walk. But eventually, I could start my mornings with a three and a half mile walk like I used to be able to do. I kept this up until it got cold. And now, I don't really go on many walks anymore. I can mostly sing now, too. In fact, I found, when I found out that I could sing, I cried in the car, driving down the road, listening to the radio, I cried tears of joy. I've been singing with about 80% of my normal range and tone for about a month now. The first full song that I sang was Happy Birthday to my wife on November 28th to wake her up. I know that sounds made up, but it's 100% true. Until two days ago, I played Christmas music in the car as much as possible so that I could sing along to that. This energy, this I'm going to change how I act energy, this never take this for granted again energy is the same energy that most all of us approach New Year's Day with each year. We assess our lives, see where we've been slacking, see what we've been taking for granted and vow to fix that. But much like my daily walks, we're strong at first, but eventually we start to slip up. It's too cold one day. We don't have the proper shoes. Our headphones weren't fully charged. And we say, I'll go tomorrow. 
We allow ourselves to come, become complacent again and start taking for granted the very things we promised ourselves we wouldn't. We need to consider what we have while we still have it. We need to take deep looks into our lives and ask what really matters more than once a year. We need to do these things on a daily basis, or at the very least, on a weekly basis. The second thing that can happen when darkness comes is it can break us, or it can be broken by us. I'm going to focus on the first part first. When darkness comes and covers our lives, when it lingers and permeates us, we can become broken by it. We start to feel and act differently than who we believe ourselves to be. Throughout this past year, I have seen this quite a bit. Marching on a Capitol building with guns and signs that call for violence against elected officials or plotting to abduct them because you don't want to wear a mask. That's being broken. Saying that only 1% of the population will die if they get COVID so, that, so we should just reopen the entire nation. That's being broken. The landlords waiting to evict their tenants en masse because they were unable to keep up with their rent payments during a pandemic have been broken. A government more concerned with lining their own pockets than representing the people that they are supposed to be are broken. Leaders who care more about numbers looking good so that they can look good than the actual toll of this pandemic, the toll that is taken on this country financially, medically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, they are broken. The beating of a Trader Joe's employee, the fatal shooting of a Family Dollar Store security guard, the shooting of a McDonald's worker in Oklahoma, the shootout in Bethlehem Township, Pennsylvania, the pepper spraying of a worker in Missouri, all over wearing a mask or not. We have been broken by this darkness. Feeling so overwhelmed by everything that we end up doing nothing preferring instead to shelter ourselves from the world and just hope that it gets better. We have been broken. We have become a selfish, short-sighted, tribalistic, propaganda-guzzling, fearful people who would sooner listen to politicians and celebrities than doctors and scientists. We have revealed that we are a people unwilling to inconvenience ourselves for the sake of others, unwilling to put others' well-being, others' humanity above our own creature comforts of eating out or getting our hair cut or not wearing a mask. We have revealed ourselves to be broken. Many have been broken by this darkness. And it has been an incredibly stark and sobering time for someone like myself who believes in the goodness of humanity. To see what seems like an increase of examples of selfishness and disregard for the other. We have been broken, but we do not have to remain broken. 
in our scripture today, it speaks to the fact that Jesus has come into the world to break the darkness. We meet both Simeon and Anna in our passages from Luke. Both are waiting for the prophesied Messiah to arrive in the world. When Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple, both are overwhelmed that they got to see the promised one. Simeon even says, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. A light for revelation. A light. When they were steeped in darkness, suddenly a light came and broke that darkness. Instead of allowing the darkness to break us and make us become transmitters of further darkness, we, like Jesus, must become lights, must become breakers of the dark. In my lowest points throughout this past year, and specifically during my health issues, Ellen, my wife, was a light to me. She gave me continual love and support. She was by my side as much as she was allowed to be. She held me when I was grief-stricken and felt like I was going to be swallowed by the dark. She refused to let the darkness break me, but instead she broke the darkness for me. This is our calling for one another. It is incredibly hard for us to be our own lights to break the darkness surrounding us. When darkness comes, we need to be a people not broken by the darkness, but instead people who break the darkness for each other. People who help one another, who give to those in need, who start or contribute to a fund to help those in our community pay their rent or their heat or their medical bills. People who continue to feed the hungry and homeless throughout a pandemic. People who call our lonely neighbors and send cards to those who are sick. We are a people of light. We must emulate our teacher Jesus, whose mere presence helped shine into the lives light. This New Year's Eve is not going to fix us. We have to fix us. Moving the year from 2020 to 2021 isn't going to get rid of a pandemic or racial disparities or mistrust of one another. We have to work to do that. And in our work, we shine a light to the world, showing them that there is a better way, showing them that they are not alone, showing them that the darkness does not get to win. We have to be the light that breaks the dark, the stars that break up the void of space. It is up to us to be thankful for the blessings that we have, but then use them to bless others. We have to do this in times of plenty and in times of want. We have to allow this to become who we are, so much so that when darkness comes, we are revealed to be people of great light. Let us strive to not be broken by the darkness, but instead to break the darkness with our light, this new year and every new day. Amen.
Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.